Welcome and thank you for joining us at Christian International Ministries. Our vision is to help you hear God's voice to change your world. For more information about this and other resources, please visit www.christianinternational.com. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's give the Lord a round of applause. Come on. Let's give Him more. He's worthy of more. Hallelujah. All right, all right. We're going to turn the lights up in the house so I can see some of you folks that are out there. Wasn't that wonderful tonight, what God has done in the house, Amen. releasing freedom? How many of you felt a release in your heart and a touch of the Spirit setting you free at a new level? Amen? And that's what we want. I'm telling you, you can preach and you can teach and you can labor, but the Holy Spirit can do more in five minutes in your life than any of us can do hour after hour. So we want the touch of God. I want to make a special announcement for those of you who might have some interest. Uh, several of the people here tonight are on the prophetic teams. Could I get you to stand up, please? Let's give them a big round of applause. I think many of you received ministry from them tonight. And part of the local and national and international call of Christian International is to touch the, the nations and this nation with the prophetic. And we've uh, not only received that vision, but we've reproduced ourselves many, many times. I just got to thinking tonight that it's at least five, maybe six generations of prophesiers that have been raised up over the years since I've been here. And they are faithful to minister the word of the Lord on Friday evening. And we have a special opportunity that uh, I've been uh, actually working on for some time. How many of you know God gives you a vision and then he gives you a plan of how to accomplish that vision? Amen. And over the years, we've been multiplying those who have been prophetic ministers. And now it's time for us to give opportunity for them to go to the nation and to the nations. I'd like for them to put up the slide on Jamaica, please. I'm headed to Jamaica in, in April, and we're inviting teams to go to Jamaica. So we have a special slide that we want to show you about this invitation. And we would like for the ushers, if they would come forward, there's a special handout on this special ministry that's going to happen in Montego Bay. Uh, uh, Mary Wildish, the pastor, and also uh, Jeannie Dixon, who's the mayor of Ocho Rios, and also the mayor of Montego Bay is going to be there. They're going to have a special outreach to the prime ministers. And also, for those of you who know anything about Jamaica, you might know about Bob Marley. Well, Bob Marley reproduced himself in two men, Lieutenant Stitchy and Papasan. Both of those men gave their heart to the Lord. And when Apostle Tom and I were down there, they were in a conference and we got to minister to them. And over the years, God has developed a relationship, and they're coming to Montego Bay as well. So it's going to be a national gathering in Montego Bay with governmental leaders and people of influence in Jamaica. And we'd like to give you the opportunity that if you want to be a part of that, to make application to travel to Jamaica. And what that says up there that you can't see extremely well is that the cost is going to be approximately $1,500. And Alicia, will you stand up along with Ashley and Brittany who are somewhere? They're going to be a part of fundraising between now and the time that we go over on April the 14th. If there are those who feel the call to go and you just don't know exactly how God's going to provide the money, my daughter and some others are going to be working on some fundraising opportunities to be able to create that opportunity for you to be able to go. So how many of you know that God is releasing His Word to the nations? and releasing it in Jamaica, and releasing it to government officials. Amen? So God is opening up that door. They're calling me actually next week. The mayor of Alturius is calling here to have a special consultation because at the moment there's a crisis in Jamaica. They're telling me that there's actually been a bloodbath that has begun, and there's been a lot of killing and a lot of raping that has begun to happen. 
and that they feel that what has begun to happen is that there is a judgment and there is a heaviness that is on Jamaica that needs to be turned around. And so they're looking to the prophets to come and bring the word of the Lord to begin to release that freedom that can turn around a nation. Isn't that wonderful? Apostle Tom, you remember Peter Morgan? Uh, from down there. He's now the apostle. There have been several changes that have been happening, but Peter Morgan is also calling me, and so they're getting ready to uh, open up the doors for this international outreach in Montego Bay. Can you say, no problem, man? No problem, man. And I would, I'll also say this one little phrase. There's a man down there named Lester Lewis, and he sings a song about he's got his Bible. And he says, me say me got me ting, me got me Bible upon me. And he begins to rap and sing about this, this Bible that he's got. And he says, do you want another shot, man? Meaning that the word is the uh, firepower of God. Amen. So if you have some interest in that, please see Alicia or my family. And then we'll be able to work with you on some of that process. I want to invite my son to come up here because as a part of our uh, local, national, and international outreach. When I travel out from CI, representing CI, and also establishing the prophetic, we're also releasing a word about God opening the doors for equipping sinners in local churches. How many of you have read Bishop's book on the Day of the Saints? How many of you believe that as God is opening up opportunity for the saints to minister, that there needs to be some training and there needs to be some, some uh, reading and some impartation and some anointing to begin to change their lives so they're ready? I have several places even right now in California. We just released a mega weekend on reaping the harvest. We're getting ready to go to the streets and to the malls and to the different places releasing the word of the Lord in teams. And we've been working a good while about this, same way with our local teams here. So God is releasing an international call through training and equipping. And we have a book table that we take wherever we go. Truth is, Alicia, if we can remember back to England and uh, several different foreign countries and uh, states all over the United States carrying six uh, plastic red boxes every time we travel, plus two suitcases, and setting out this entire book table and equipping center so people can begin to receive of the training. It has Apostle Tom and Jane's CD series on it. It has Bishop and Mom Hammond's materials on it. It also has a lot of other very present, truth, current uh, materials that are back there and available to you. So I want my son, this is my son Paul. Say hi, Paul. And we're from Texas, so every once in a while you'll hear that Texas slang come out of us. And so he's going to give you some announcement about some things that are back on the table that are available to you. All right. Well, to let you guys know real quick, um, some of the material that we just have, if you want to turn around real quick, you'll see the big tables, three of them in the back, and my niece that just ducked down and tried to hide. But Brittany's back there. Um, back at the tables we got, and it's kind of funny, it's underneath the Jamaican flag. Yeah, man. <laughs> But to let you know some of the stuff we got for you guys real quick, it's really a wide array of material that we've uh, done a lot of extensive research um, on what's relevant, what's current, what God is doing right now. And uh, a part, in our ministry, we consider these uh, books, CDs, manuals, everything. It's, a, it's an equipping tool to get into your hand. This is one way of being equipped, like with what you're doing right now, coming tonight, receiving the word of the Lord from the prophet. Um, there's many different ways, and one way we believe is reading the books and listening to the CDs. Um, a couple examples, some of the books. This one is one of my favorites. This one is called uh, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants by Stephen Brooks, and it's all about God releasing the mantles upon the end-time generation. One of my favorite parts in it is when he goes into the mantle of boldness that God is releasing for people to stand in the face of the Goliaths in the land and begin to take victory and release God's kingdom. So that's a good one I want to recommend. You guys can come check out. Another one is uh, Purity, uh, the New Moral Revolution by Chris Valton. Now, Chris Valton, if you guys don't know, he's uh, out at the Bethel Church out in Redding, California, underneath Bill Johnson. And I really want to recommend, the, uh, recommend this to you guys. And I tell a lot of people from my generation and the older generation, this is awesome, the word that he puts forth about the new moral revolution that God is releasing upon the earth. 
Um, another one here, this is actually what we call the prophetic curriculum, which is done by Prophet Bill Ackie, my dad. Um, what they are is we've uh, put these on audio CDs. This one has about seven CDs, anywhere from 10 to 15 hours of teaching on each one. We have about 20 different ones. But this one right here is called Walking by the Spirit, Basic Life Principles. This one is awesome, especially um, I was telling the people for the, uh, that came for the prophetic ministry tonight, this is awesome, especially for what's going on in the economy right now, where there's a lot of shaking, there's a lot of confusion with some people, there's a lot of doubt, a lot of fear. This goes into the, the scripture on the dividing asunder of separating the soul and the spirit because it doesn't matter what CNN says, what Fox News says, whatever it is that you're hearing. What matters is, is what God is saying about the situation, and this is a foundational uh, tool to get to you to begin to separate the soul and the spirit, disconnect from the emotions, disconnect from the natural mind and what it tells you, and begin to connect and walk by the spirit and tune your ear to God's heart and everything that you do. So I think we're we're going to open up back there after he finishes preaching tonight. I'll be back there. My wife and my wife is coming back in. I have to brag and say, yes, the blonde up here was my wife, and they did awesome tonight. You did so good, honey. So, all right, come see us back there. Thanks. Amen. Let's give a round of, of applause to Paul. And like Apostle Tom said, uh, we have family ministry around here of training, just like uh, Apostle Tom and Jane and their children. And I also want to encourage you, although Paul didn't bring any of those materials up tonight, but we have several of the books by Apostle Jane that are back there in the back. Um, the Deborah Company, Company, Dreams and Visions, and the Cyrus Anointing, that's back there in the back. And then they have several CD series that we have about 15 or 28 back there on our book table that you want to make yourself available to. Bishop Hammond's book on the Eternal Church, uh, Apostles and Prophets and the Coming Moves of God's the day of the saints, what God is doing is he is moving us forward. Say we're advancing. And whether you want to advance or not, it's happening. And God is getting uh, the church in a preparation to begin to open up their hearts and their spirits to begin to receive new revelation that begins to release what God has put deep down on the inside of your heart. How many of you know that there's more on the inside of you than you've let out? Say, come out. We're going to release the impartation of God's divine purpose inside of you. Amen? So how many of you are ready to war? Come on now. You got some tools of war? You got the Bible? You got the sword of the Spirit? Amen? You got the voice of the Lord? I want to share something with you tonight that I believe is the divine key for the season that we're in right now. And God has released a, a new stirring in my spirit, not only about war, but also about strategy of war. And that God is releasing into our hearts and minds specifics, details. As Apostle Jane was saying, the son of Issachar anointing that is being released in this hour for us to begin to hear, as it were, what God is saying about the issues that are happening. I had a very unique experience happen to me at this last conference that we had, leadership conference. There was a lady who came to my office, and I had two or three people in there already, but she kept pacing, and so I kind of let her in, and she said, I have been in the sanctuary, and the Spirit of God has just been all over me, and I need to tell you something that the Lord wants me to tell you. And I said, well, good, I'm always willing to hear everything that God wants to speak. So as she began to speak, she said, you left the sanctuary, and as you were leaving and you had your briefcase in your hand, your head was down and you were walking out. But I saw a vision, and this vision was a supernatural vision in which I saw you beginning to descend into the gates of hell. Now, as soon as she said that, I thought, well, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll open up the Lord to speak to us about going to the gates of hell. And then she said something that caught my attention. She said, God says that he's doing a work in your ears for you to listen to the strategies that are behind the enemy's lines. And God wants to begin to unplug your ears so that you can begin to declare and begin to speak what's happening in the gates of hell. Now, that's an interesting uh, revelation because Apostle Jane, myself, we have some teachings on discernment, the gift of discernment. And uh, 
there is a, an incredible power that, that God releases through the accuracy of discernment and the gift of the discerning of spirits. And what she was talking about was something that had actually been prophesied to me by uh, Chuck Pierce one time in one of our meetings here. I walked in. I had happened to be doing some administration. It was several years ago. As I walked in those double doors, he was already in this sanctuary ministering in an afternoon session. He turned, wheeled around because I... As best I could tell, he didn't know I was walking in the room. He wheeled around like this and pointed straight at me this way. And he says, Bill, God says quit dulling the discernment that he's given you. Now here's part of the last day's anointing that God is going to begin to put in our lives. He's going to give us an anointing of sharpness, of keenness, of clarity, and accuracy. And as that sharpness and clarity and keenness and accuracy begins to come forth, I don't know about you, but every once in a while there's some things you can hear and there's some things you can see you wished you didn't see. But part of the gifting that God releases to the prophets is the ability to see and know and hear. And so it's time for us to position ourselves to begin to hear those strategies. How many of you are ready to begin to hear some strategies from God and begin to open up your spirits and heart to maybe hear some things that God wants you to hear and to know some things that God wants you to know that begin to position you? How many of you know that it would be a wonderful thing to know what the enemy's battle plan is? How many of you know that it'd be good to know what he's getting ready to do next or maybe to understand what he's doing in the lives of certain people and discernment's a very power gift, powerful gift that begins to set people free. In uh, preparing for tonight, the Lord began to speak to me through my family. How many of you have ever had your family speak to you? How many of you ever had your wife speak to you? That's even better. And we always like those sweet nothings, but they also speak a few things that are not sweet nothings. They had to do, I want you to sit down and listen. I have something to say. Well, it wasn't my wife necessarily that was speaking. My family since September has been going through a divine revolution. Have you ever gone through a divine revolution in your life? How many, how many of you could relate to Apostle Jane when she said things are shaking? You said, yeah, I'm shaken. There's some things in me that are shaking. Well, in my family, there has been a supernatural openness that has begun to happen. I'm in a family of four. I have two older sisters and a younger sister. I have not been in regular communications for a period of time just because of busyness, but God began to open up the door because there was a divine need in all of our lives that began to happen in September of last year. My oldest sister, who is 68, has a rare disease called scleroderma. My next sister is in transition. They're leaving the mission field in Boston, Massachusetts, and they're going through lots of transitions in their life. And my youngest sister had, right shortly after, uh, in September, had her husband, uh, when she walked out one morning, he was dead, uh, in the recliner chair, and he had passed away at the age of 50. So all of us had some things that began to happen in a period of time. And as this began to transpire, God began to speak. How many of you know God begins to speak to you about some things that are going on in your life? That sometimes things happen in order to wake you up. Anybody had somebody, God worked something in your life to begin to stir and wake you up about some things that were going on? And so what began to happen was my middle sister in Boston began to get a word from God that she was sending on email, and we're now actually talking by phone daily and by email daily, and we're sharing things that have to do with God, what God is wanting to do in our lives. And she began to quote the scripture that I'm going to use tonight. Because God began to use it in our lives to begin to work a process of warfare and dealing. So she flew down to Austin, Texas and began to, to minister to my older sister out of this particular passage which is in 2 Kings 13. And so I want to read this to you. It's about uh, Elisha and it's about King Jehoaz. And 
in this particular story, there's a lot of wonderful history and keys that begin to show us how to enter into a new place of war. I called this message, The Lord's Arrows of Victory, Your Divine Keys for Every Battle. And with verse 15, it says, And Elijah said unto him, meeting King Jehoahaz, Take your bows and arrows. And he took him bows and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. Next. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrows of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And the king took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Smite them upon the ground. And he smote them thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him, meaning Elisha, and said, Thou should have, should have, have smitten them five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but three times. Now, the interesting part about these scriptures is there is some history that begins to unlock in our minds and hearts what this is all about. God wants us to begin to understand that in the, the transitions that are happening in this hour is that there is a shift that is happening in the church, say shift, and that that shift is a shift that is causing us to enter into what I call last days, times, and anointings. I don't know whether you feel this or not. Jim Baker was on the television the other night, and he was actually talking with a man that uh, it, it does a lot of planning that has to do with uh, transformations uh, in nations and when nations go through crisis, and they were talking about how that they needed to prepare with food and water and all kinds of other things. So there are discussions that are going on in this hour as shakings are happening, and the word of the Lord is going forth, arise and shine, uh, because the Lord is getting ready to move on his church with greatness like he never has before. So there are voices that are going forth in this hour, and God is really strategy for us to begin to hear in a new way. Now, along with this particular scripture and the concept that God is with us as he was with Israel, I had a visitation that happened to me that was very unique and very unusual. Uh, I was out in Oakhurst, California. Apostle Tom's been out there. And I went into Yosemite, and I went into seeing all the different beauty that they have there. And we went to a particular place where we had a church service one Sunday morning. And as we were having this church service in Yosemite, looking at the mountains, God began to open up the heavens and began to release a vision to me about a visitation that is happening uh, and was going to happen. This was about two years ago of Jehovah God and His foot beginning to step out into the world that we live in and our lives and that we were going to begin to see a manifestation of Jehovah God like we have never seen him before. And as that began to happen, I saw God stepping up out of his throne. I saw lines of communication coming from that throne in these mountains. And I saw that God was getting ready to begin to visit us in a supernatural way. Now, I want to help you with something. Do you all believe Jehovah God is still alive? Okay. When Jesus Christ came in the New Testament, he didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled the law. And what began to happen with Son of Man, Son of God, is there was a revelation of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, who through the power of his blood made a way for us to come into the Holy of Holies, a way to us to access God, because prior to that point, well, the only way we could do it was by killing sheep and goats and doves and all that kind kind of thing, and going through the, the power of, of what God had revealed through the law. 
Now, one of the points that I want to make with you today is that many of the stories that we have in the Old Testament, if you get into them and read them and begin to study them, there were some very power interactions of God with His people. Is that right? But there's no difference in the God of the Old Testament and the Jehovah God of today, except that we have a double portion because of Jesus Christ, and we're transitioning from the New Testament, Son of Man, Son of God, because He is right now where? At the right hand of God the Father, ever inter interceding on your behalf, and He is also coming back as what? The soon coming King. Now, many of you may be wondering, when is he coming? How is he going to show up? You heard us talking tonight about opening up the gates and the king coming and the king changing and how is this coming going to happen? And there's teaching that's been out there about pre and mid and post and Bishop says, I'm a pan-millennialist. I believe it's just going to pan out anyway. We don't really know exactly how that the coming of the Lord is going to come. But I have something to say that's a strategy to you today that I happen to believe that not only has Jesus come, and not only has the king of kings come in our lives but he lives on the inside of us and even though we are asking and we're seeking for the new revelation of how he's going to come and many things are being spoken I think there must be an awakening that must happen on the inside of us for us to begin to understand the power that has been placed on the inside of us by this King of Kings and Lord of Lords I don't know about you but every once in a while something rumbles on the inside of me and it's a whole lot bigger than Bill Lackey it is the Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you. In the New Testament, it talks about there's an incorruptible seed that is on the inside of you. What does that mean? That means that the kingdom of God is within you already. And the fullness of what Jesus Christ has done is on the inside of you. And it actually says in the New Testament that the revelation of God through Jesus Christ in the New Testament is hundreds of times more powerful than that of the revelation of Moses and the glory in the Old Testament. Now I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen the parting of any waters yet. Although I've seen some parting of some very difficult situations in people's lives. I've also seen God's miracle power. I don't know about you, but when you talk about miracles and signs and wonders, I happen to believe I am one. And that God supernaturally works in my life and my family. And He does all kinds of work through our life. That if it were not for God, I don't know about you, I couldn't make it without His divine power and His working inside of my life. Now what I want to awaken on the inside of you is an idea and a thought that instead of you looking outward for this King Jesus to come as He comes through the gates, that the gates are really the gates of your heart. And that God wants you to begin to stir up the anointing and the power that is on the inside of you and begin to use the promptings of the Spirit as He begins to speak to you and He wants to begin to come through you. That King Jesus is going to begin to stir on the inside of you and He's going to begin to release His power on the inside of you and He's going to to cause His glory on the inside of you to begin to come out of you and in the releasing of that power from within you're going to see the King coming. The Scripture actually talks to us and tells us that one put a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand. Let me tell you something. If you follow that exponentially, by the time you get to 10, you've gotten to about a trillion. And the power that is on the inside of us has not even yet begun to be tapped in the fullness of the way God wants it to be tapped. 
How many of you have prophecies that are over your life that you still have words that have been spoken and inspired by God that are not fulfilled and have not happened yet? Okay, good. You've got the word of the Lord. You've come to the house of the prophets. You've received a word and you're walking by faith for that word to be released. Now, I want to help you that God wants to bring you into a divine encounter of an appointment. Divine appointments, I began to learn years ago, are extremely necessary. How many of you have had times where the Lord has visited you in your prayer time, in your Bible reading time, perhaps in a church service like we had tonight during worship, and that those appointed times where God began to speak to your heart were life-transforming, and it did something that began to shift your life and bring you into a place of newness? Well, I want to talk to you about a natural, supernatural transaction that happened between Elisha and King Jehoahaz. Did you know King Jehoahaz was the grandson of King Jehu? That in the visitation that he did to Elijah, Elisha, when he went to visit him, was on his deathbed. He was very sick. And this particular scripture that I read to you is a very naturally supernatural encounter. And the king felt stirred to go see this national prophet who was so well known throughout all of, all of Israel. And as he came to see him, this national prophet wanted to give him one of his final statements. Elisha was beginning to die. And this word that he gave him about Israel and about him smiting Syria and this mantle that he had given to him, if you'll remember, he had given to King Jehu a mantle and a word about Jezebel, his grandfather, many seasons before. And so he felt... Elisha felt a passion as he began to minister to King Jehoaz. As he came in just to kind of greet him, the prophet who was on the bed who was sick, perhaps even doing a governmental function, just kind of showing up and saying hello. And it turned into a divine appointment. How many of you have been in some of those situations where it was a divine appointment? And this prophet of prophets was trying to release an impartation. Say impartation. And you see in the, this particular scripture that he commands the king, which is not something that's usually normal, but he was probably much older than the king, but he said, take the bow and arrow. Now the king picks up the bows and the arrows, and then he lifts it up and puts it to his arm, but what's unique about what happens after that is we see that Elisha has to put his arms around the king and he has to put his hands on top of the hands of the king as he has his hands on the arrow and on the bow and is getting ready to shoot it as a demonstration out of the window. And that is a very awkward situation. Have you ever tried to hold a bow and arrow just yourself? And so the prophet who is sick, getting up out of bed, puts his arms around the king, lays his hands on top of the king's hands. Why? Because what he's saying to this grandson is, I remember the story of your granddaddy and how that he went with a great might and power and began to represent Israel as the Spirit of God had moved upon him. Don't you remember some of the stories of Jehu? How he invited all the witches to a party? And as they got inside of the church, what'd they do? He commanded his army, if one of them gets out of there, I'm going to kill you. And so what happened was a bloodbath. He not only destroyed Jezebel and Jezebel's influence, but all of Jezebel's leaders and all the witches in the land. That was his grandfather. 
So here's this prophet who had given a mighty word to uh, King Jehoahaz's grandfather, and he's saying to you, Israel is facing a battle with Syria. And I want you to receive this same mantle that I had given to King Jehu, your granddaddy, and I'm going to put my hands on top of your hands, and we're going to open up the window eastward, which is where Syria was located. And so the prophetic demonstration that was happening here was a historical moment and a supernatural impartation from the prophet that was saying, I want to give you something you don't have. And as he began to release this uh, word, as it were, and began to say to him, Receive, King Jehoaz, this incredible anointing that I have for you, because if you will, you will win the battle. Now, how many of you are facing some situations that happen to be a battle? And in that battle, does it look like you have the possibility of winning? Maybe not. Well, the tide begins to turn as we see when God's voice comes forth through the prophet, Apostle James said, and I have this as my final scripture here tonight, when Jehoshaphat came before the army, he said to the army that scripture that she was quoting, Believe the Lord your God and you'll be established. Believe the prophets and you will prosper. He was the worship leader and he was prophesying and he was saying, the Lord is telling you, if you'll believe me, I will establish you in this battle. And not only will I establish you, but if you will listen to what the prophets are saying, you will begin to prosper. So, as he tells the king to take up the arrow, and he puts his hands on top of the arrow, and then he also opens the window eastward to where the Syrians are, he then says to the king, shoot. Now, I don't know about you, but as I was reading this, I got a little frustrated in my spirit because I thought if I had a prophet hanging over my back with his hands on top of my hands and I'm not very coordinated to begin with and I'm supposed to shoot an arrow out of a window and it's supposed to bring some kind of effect, I would want to say to him, get off of my back and let me do it. But that's not what God wanted. God wanted the prophet, as he were, maybe feebly kind of laying on top of the king and his hands on top of his hands and maybe even feebly shaking and the king is going, would you just be still? I'm trying to shoot this arrow. But the point was not the accuracy or the perfection of the performance. It had to do with the instructions from the prophet and the fact that God was telling King Jehoaz that if you will follow this prophet who knows me and as he lays his hands upon your hands, your hands will be anointed for battle. And not only will they be anointed for battle... I'm showing you through this prophet that we're going to open the window right at the enemy and you're going to begin to take those arrows and you're going to begin to shoot an arrow out the window towards Syria as a prophetic statement that you are going to win. Now here's another thing. How many of you ever had the impartation of the Holy Spirit come and it did, you just didn't quite get it all. I have. I've had situations where it stirred me, but maybe it didn't stir me as much as it should. 
What, what Elijah did in the first, first portion of this scripture was show something to King Jehoahaz that should have awakened the light and the power and the mantle that was upon him at that moment and caused him with passion to respond to the word of the Lord. Now, how many of you have ever gotten a word of the Lord and you went, oh, me? Or you went, oh my. Or you said, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. Or your first reaction possibly might have been, I just don't understand this. This might not even be God. You know what I learned a long time ago? They taught this around here when I first came to CI. And I have to just share with you that all this teaching all these years on the area of war, I had someone come up to me and say, you know, uh, Brother Bill, there's going to be a day that you're going to be a lion like Bishop is a lion, and you're going to start roaring, and it's going to come out of you, and it's going to scare you because you didn't realize you had the roar on the inside of you. Well, that really did happen to me. And I can be in situations now that I think of messages that Apostle Jane has preached or Apostle Tom. Alicia was telling me the other day in California, we had the opportunity because it's two hours early, I got to listen to Apostle Tom's message. And she was getting ready and we were packing up. And I was sitting there at the computer watching him preach and just enjoying what he was saying. And she looked at me and she said, Dad, you're smiling. And I said, yes, I'm smiling. And she says, why are you smiling? And I said, because I like what he's saying. You know, there is a kindred spirit of impartation that does begin to happen in families and in churches and through anointings. And so as it begins to come on you and you begin to receive it, something begins to happen to you that's a whole lot different than you. Right? And so as I was listening to Apostle Tom preach, the first thing my wife said to me when I got off the airplane, she said, did you hear Apostle Tom? I said, yeah, I did. And she said, wasn't it good? And I said, yeah, it was really good. And she said, that's, that's really the Apostle Tom we know. And I said, yeah, that's the Apostle Tom we know and have heard all these years. He was saying all these things are in his heart, and he was declaring and releasing a word that was mighty and touching the hearts of the people. Now here's my point to you. Why couldn't King Jehoahaz have received a generational mantle? Why couldn't he have received a stirring in his spirit as the national best-known prophet from anywhere in the nation, like Bishop Hammond, showed up and was on his deathbed and had to climb up and put his arms around him and was demonstrating this word to the king that he was going to have a victory and the king could not quite get it in his head or his heart. Why? Because as Elijah finished the process of him shooting out the arrow out the window, and I just kind of got this picture, unless the king was very good at shooting arrows, it might have gone up and just kind of out, you know. It, I don't know. And with Elisha feebly shaking all over him, you know, he might have just gotten all nervous, and who knows, it just might have, he might have had to try a couple of times, I don't know. But for sure, uh, Elisha, shouted in his ear, shoot. Then he said, take the arrows, pick them up, and beat the ground. And he didn't tell him how many times. Did he? No. Have you ever had a test or a question and somebody didn't tell you what to do or you didn't quite understand it, so the test was the test? What you did showed what was really on the inside of you. So Elisha didn't tell him, beat it five times and don't beat it three times. He said, beat the arrows. Why? Because the prophet was wanting a demonstration from the king of the mantle that he had just laid on him. Just like what happened with Jehu. Do you all remember the story about Jehu? 
how that the young prophet kid came into him and he received a word from this young little prophet about some kind of major issue of Jezebel and all this issue of how he's supposed to uh, take care of her and all of the witchcraft that's in the land. And he received from a little young prophet a word of inspiration that completely defined his life and totally changed everything he did. That was his granddaddy. He listened. And when he listened, he received. And when he received, he was inspired. And when he was inspired, the glory began to rise up inside of him. And he began to receive strategy and understanding and purpose. And so as the prophets begin to release the word, it's not just the word that you hear. It's the word that's imparted. And it's not just the word that's imparted. It's the passion that you ignite with it in faith to agree with the purpose. And it's not just the faith that's ignited on the inside of you. It's the mantle of the glory. You know, Apostle Jane was ministering not long ago talking about the different kinds of prophets. And there is a type of prophesying that's called nataf, an A-T-A-P-H. It is the dripping down from the heavens of the glory of God suddenly. It is the glory without. And what we're looking for, I believe, during this season in this strategy of what God is doing is we're looking for a mantle and we're looking for a glory without and we're looking for a stirring within and we're looking for a power and a glory to come upon us to begin to release something we can't release. Is that right? So that we can shift and do what God has called us to do. Now, I want to go back to divine transformation if I could. In order for you to change and to come into receiving the fullness of God's word in your heart and life, you have to start first clearly with the instructions. And we're so good around here at CI telling everyone that when you receive a prophetic word, you need to transcribe it. Why do you need to transcribe it? Have you ever had a prophecy given to you that when you transcribed it and read it, it sounded a whole lot different than what was prophesied? And it had more detail in it maybe than what you heard at the time that it was prophesied? And perhaps God began to hold you responsible for what was in that prophetic word? detail by detail. You know what? I train some of the students in here. You don't get a new word till you take care of the old one. God will keep repeating His old word to you because you didn't listen fully or didn't complete fully what it was that He was saying in that original word. And so why do you get two and three words that sound the same? God's not stuttering. He's just saying you're not listening. And so you have to start with the instructions. The second portion of the transformation that has to happen on the inside of you is we know about the doctrines of Jesus Christ. And one of those is the doctrines of the laying on of hands. And so we know the importance of hands being laid upon you. And in this particular scripture, Elisha laid his hands on the king when he had his hands on the arrow. And we must have, in order to transform within, the laying on of hands. Now, let me explain something else to you how laying on of hands happen. Have you ever been in church and you've gone up to the pastors and gotten a good hug? That's some laying on of hands. How else do you think a laying on of hands could happen? Have you ever shaken the hands of the pastors as you were leaving the church? Let me explain something to you. It's not just the spiritual transactions that you call spiritual. It's the relational transactions that begin to connect heart to heart. They release impartation. Amen? That's why my daughter was saying, Daddy, you're smiling at Apostle Tom. She, she knows me. She knows when I'm interested in something and something's pleasing me. And so she could see that there was a connection there that that I identified and I could receive. Why? I've heard Apostle Tom minister those things more than once over 20 years. Do I get tired of listening to it? No. 
Because not only is it something God put in his heart, it's something God put in my heart. What he had in Apostle Tom's heart, being around him all these years, got on the inside of me. And so when he preaches it, yeah, that's right. I like that. That's true. I just got to the opportunity uh, in our ministry training college to, to minister and to teach the notes that Apostle Jane had written on the Absalom spirit. I said to her one time, I said, is there an indirect message here? Do I need to hear something more clearly? <laughs> so I was teaching this particular class on the Absalom spirit. How many MTC students were in there? We had a good time, didn't we? Anyway, uh, we were teaching these notes, and I want to tell you something. When Apostle Jane teaches, she has got a clear laser beam anointing. As I was going through all those notes and all that information, I thought, boy, there's not a stone unturned on this one. I mean, she's just covered all the issues and every attitude and all the kinds of things that you could do that's like an Absalom spirit. And, and I was telling the people that were in the class, I said, how are y'all doing? Are y'all manifesting out there? You know, as I'm preaching and teaching you this, are, are y'all acting like you've got some rebellion? Yeah, we got rebellion. We just need to know what to do with it. So here's my point with you. The laying on of hands comes more than just with the actual laying on of hands. When you have a listening ear to receive what happens. You see, I could go through that teaching, and as I was doing the teaching, I could think, boy, I could hear Apostle Jane doing this. Now, I can't do it like the way she does it, so I don't even try. But I do cover the notes and make sure they get all the blanks filled in. Yes, we get it working, don't we? Tally told a few good stories, and we got to deal with some issues on rebellion, and we had a lot of good discussion. But here's my point with you. Guys, y'all are connected to sources that are God's divine appointments in your life. And in this hour, if we're going to really believe, I mean, I, Apostle Jane was just up here. I'm telling you, she's quoting the scripture from Jehoshaphat. And she said, if you're going to believe the Lord your God, you'll be established. And if you believe the prophets, you're going to prosper. Now, was, she, was that just some kind of tinkling of an ear? Or do you believe it? Are we going to receive this? Are we going to allow God to begin to awaken that was a light. She didn't lay hands on you, but I got my spirit stirred by that scripture. I said, yep, that's my final scripture. What am I teaching tonight? The third thing is you have to come into a position in this hour because as you can see, there's been a lot of teaching here about the kingdoms and the kingdom coming and the king coming and the king being the king of kings and the Lord of lords. By the way, did you know that in the original passage of Scripture where it talks about King of Lord, kings and Lord of lords, that in the original language that means kinging of kings and Lord of lords. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It means that he's continually kinging and he's continually being Lord. So as we receive that in our life, part of the transformation that is symbolic in this Scripture is we've got to touch the king. We got to put our hands on the king. Some of you people are out there called as prophets. Do you know one of the most humbling experiences I had was when I was at Yoido Church prophesying to Dr. David Cho. And as I was ministering to him, I gave him a word about a heart condition and about some things that were happening in his life. And he said, how did you know that? And I said, well, you know how I knew it. I knew it because God told me. And he said, I've been through recent tests and I'm having problems walking up the stairs and I can't preach seven services anymore. And he just began to pour his heart out to me. And I thought to myself, this story, Elisha, ministering to the king. It's a humbling place. And then I looked at Dr. David Cho and I said, Brother Cho, do you mind if I lay hands on you? And he said, of course not. And you know what he did? He got up from out of his seat, came over by my chair, knelt in front of me, and had me lay hands on him and pray for him and prophesy. 
Now, here's the powerful part of all this. When things like that begin to happen, the Scripture begins to come alive, doesn't it? Some of the stories begin to come real. And God needs to position us to where we can begin to speak to political officials and governmental officials and people in authority and people who have responsibility. Come on. If we don't have some of the answers, who's going to have them? If prophets are not prophets with a plumb line, who's going to be a prophet? God is releasing, like Apostle James said, the son of Issachar anointing. He's releasing specifics and strategies. And you go, Brother Bill, he's been so silent. I came tonight because I need a word. Oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do in my life. Settle. Sometimes he talks quietly. And when you're talking, you can't hear him. The fourth thing that has to happen in your life we were talking tonight about the King of Glory coming in. Well, I happen to believe the King of Glory is wanting out. He's beating on the inside of you, saying, let me out of here. Let me out of this confined place. And the symbolic position of opening up the window is similar to opening up the gates to let the King of Glory come in. Each of you, as Apostle James said, you need to open your heart. We need to open our hearts. Guys, this is not just a little opening our hearts. We need to fling the doors wide open to the King of glory. And we need to make ourselves available to what He's saying. And if you've got walls, or you've got, if you've got uh, st uh, steel doors and they're shut and they're not available to the voice of the Lord and He's wanting to speak to you, or He's wanting to minister out of you, or He's trying to do something through you, then you're not in the position of the transformation that He wants to bring on the midst, in, the, in the midst of you. Now here's the other application of this divine transformation. After God does something to us, He does something through us. God doesn't just touch us to give us goosebumps. God doesn't just give us a gift to kind of make us all a little stirred up and feeling good and, and excited. God does something supernatural inside of us because it's part of a puzzle piece of a divine plan of something He's getting ready to do supernaturally through you to prepare you for your divine appointments. And there comes that demand of demonstration. We're living in an hour that people are saying, I've heard enough teaching. That's good. Let's do it. I've heard that principle. I've tried it. It isn't worked. Do you have an answer for me? How can I do it better? We're in an hour where the, what we're really saying is, yes, we've talked a lot. Yes, we've said a lot. Yes, we've preached a lot. And they said this a lot at CI when I first came. Bishop would preach and he would say, you need to have half of it teaching and half of it activation and impartation. When you preach, don't preach unto death. Resurrect unto life through activation and impartation. Come on, isn't that what he said? And we need to now begin to move into that, and that's the shoot. That's the ability on the inside of you that once God has done all this and you've opened up your heart and God has stirred you with passion, then there's something on the inside of you ready to come out and to be released and to transform. Now, I don't know about you. Rebecca, is Rebecca here? She was doing video, I think, a little bit earlier. But on Wednesday night, she gave a real prayer and testimony. And she was saying, you know, Lord, I've been asleep so long in some areas that now that you're calling me to not be asleep, Lord, I just repent. I need your help to wake up. I'm feeling condemned. And you know what happens to us in a message like this? You're listening to me and you're saying, yeah, that's right. But how do I really do this? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Some things are better caught than taught. And around here, there's a whole lot of catching going on. Because just like you can get infected with a disease or a virus or whatever, 
you get infected and you get, as it were, uh, an impartation from the prophets and the way they do things and how they say things. I, again, I find myself when I travel, all of a sudden something comes out of my, my mouth and it sounds like, well, that sounded like Bishop. And then I'll say something else and it's, I'll say, that sounded like Apostle Tom. And then someone will ask me a question and I'll say, well, that sounded like Apostle James. Why? Because as you're around the leadership and as you're around the impartation, it begins to transform you. How many of you realize it's a value to be in every service? It's a value to receive of the anointing each time God moves. Why? Because it's building blocks one on top of another, a transforming power that begins to impart something on the inside of you that if you really receive, you'll not be the same again. Come on. There's a mantle God wants to release tonight and release through us. Now here's the final thing about transformation. In this scripture, Elisha required what we call a prophetic demonstration. The king couldn't just shoot the arrows. He had to pick them up and beat them. Now what do you think that picking up and beating the arrows was all about? 